This episode of The A Show is sponsored by Podcorn. Hey, what's going on? Have you guys been locked in a room recording five podcasts a day for three summers like we have? Since The A Show has started, one of our goals has always been to collaborate with brands and obtain sponsorships in order to continue to grow. And we were met with that opportunity through the good folks at Podcorn. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host reads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. We just made an account, signed up, and almost immediately we were connected with brands who wanted to provide sponsorship opportunities to us. So uh, thank you to Podcorn for sponsoring this episode, and make sure you start exploring sponsorship opportunities and monetizing your podcast by signing up at podcorn.com slash podcasters. Now let's start the show. And just like that, they buy it. They eat it up. You pander to them. You thank them. I mean, really, people, I thought you were a little bit smarter than that. I mean, it's just so easy wow. to say the name of the city. You cheer. Hey, oh, Stephanie, Stephanie, you just cheer. I just, mean, just come on. Welcome to the A Show. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show with the Kings of Pro Wrestling Podcast. It is episode 125, 125 meals. What's going on? Or in New York, you'd say 125th. So one, 125th? Oh, wait, y'all don't no, say no, 125th. We say 125th. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> and they call us country? <laughs> oh, wait, first of all, <laughs> that is a. Uh, it's just New York slang, baby. Like, come on. It's just New York <laughs> slang. One y'all, fifth, one four fifth. You know, y'all, y'all some bumpkins on the low. Listen, it's just New York. It's 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 a different vibe. That's all I can say. It's just oh it. my god. One two fifth. It's cool. It's much more cooler. One hundred twenty fifth. Who got time to say that? This is New York. One two fifth. <laughs> uh, we are joined today by a special guest. It's the second week in a row we have a special guest. Roman the dog is here. Right next yes, to me, uh, now wanting to be playful as I start to record. So this would be a fun, fun well, record. You know, he he lights up when the red light comes on. So <laughs> I, you know, I'm I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised with anything that's going on. First of all, what I am, you know, what I want to say first for everything. If you're listening to this podcast and you're on two feet currently, wash your hands, please. Oh, please, please, yes, please, just wash your hands, and then maybe this. Is, this rolls over into our first topic, but please wash your, you know, wash your hands thoroughly. They've got all the little uh, visual things now that everybody's memeing as of this morning. Um, uh, the uh, whole like washing your hands to a song, and now everybody's changing what type of song it is. Happy Happy Birthday! Like. <laughs> yeah, Happy Birthday! I've heard, I've seen Thong song. I've seen, um, I think Cyrus posted one, which was like Young Thugs. Um, God, what did he post? I'm I'm gonna pull it up for you because I'm pretty sure you could wash your hands to that. Oh um, God. Let's see. What did Cyrus say? Cyrus has future swag by Young Thug. So oh, God. You know, <laughs> whatever whatever Jesus makes your Christ. hands as cleanly as possible, but make sure you wash your hands. Coronavirus is is uh I wouldn't say it's definitely no joke from the aspect that I think a lot of people are losing money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, at the end, I mean, like you said, leads into our first topic. Uh, is WrestleMania at risk? Uh, now, you know, as of this this uh, recording, it's been rumored that uh, the, the biggest uh, music event festival of the year, which is literally the week after Mania, uh, Coachella, uh, they're reportedly saying that they're going to postpone it until October, uh, which is leading many people to kind of be concerned or worry that that mania might be due to the same fate. Now, just last week, um, WWE did come out and say that they were going to push on as as planned. Um, There have been a lot of rumors that they might uh, cut down some of the fan-only events, like Access, maybe not do that at all, which, I mean, again makes a lot of sense that's that's a mm-hmm. that's a cesspool and, and i you know as, as big as wow. wrestlemania okay 
It's, but what I'm saying as big as WrestleMania may be of, of a cesspool, I think Access is like it's a smaller, you know, a smaller venue. <laughs> like, right. well, the, I'm pretty sure do that. I'm pretty sure that we. Well, first of all, the thing I want to say in terms of WrestleMania, the risk WrestleMania will never be canceled. No, Vince McMahon <laughs> would rather you not show up and decide that on your own accord than cancel WrestleMania outright. And yeah, because even even him. literally just today, AEW said that they're not canceling any of their events for March and April, and that seems to be like the the thing with wrestling, right? The show goes on, right? Yeah, it's all. I mean, it's that's always been the story, and I think it's it's really Vince McMahon sort of thing because I feel like if anybody else was involved and they decided to cancel things, it would have been canceled. Um, but even with the NBA, right? Like the NBA is like, yo, if we have to play empty arena games, which would suck. <laughs> well, LeBron, <laughs> LeBron said, LeBron said, if there's no fans, I'm not playing. I play, you know. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that. I, mean, I, I play for the, you know. Uh, you know, I, I come out there, I see the fans, I play for these people, man. So if fans ain't there, I ain't playing. You know what I'm saying? And that's pretty much – I don't know if everybody has that sort of thing. I don't know if Undertaker comes out and his theme, his entrance has the same effect that no one in the arena. Because um, <laughs> it just seems like all this pomp and circumstance. But I – you, there's no doubt in my mind that WrestleMania is not canceling its things. I don't think any of the indie shows are canceling their things. Um, Th- those are probably even bigger cesspools of of just dirt and grime. Than- right, so now I'm beginning <laughs> to question what's your definition of cesspool? You know, the, the, I mean, people, those light two matches, man, they're not safe. Well, you know what I'm saying? I'm sure. I'm sure AEW will pass out their branded, you know, face mask and everything <laughs> like that because they seem to have that on lock. And I'm sure maybe WrestleMania will too. I feel like WrestleMania. Um, I don't know if they'll take in a budget. I mean, if you take in a budget, if you start canceling access, you might as well take in a budget a little couple face masks or some couple hundred thousand face masks. Uh, I, I just. I just don't see, and again, like, this isn't because I'm going, this isn't because I have any skin in the game, because if my flight, if, if they're canceling flights, then I can't go anyway. You know, that, that's my right. biggest fear at this point, is my flight going down, or the, or them canceling it after I've made, you know, uh, the rest of my travel accommodations. But um, I, I think that there's a lot of money riding on this. I think that it's possible for Coachella to move to October, because the venue where they do it at, or not even the venue, but the, the space where they do it at, it's open generally there, you know, my comment on that really is like doing Coachella in LA in October, it's going to be cold as hell. It's going to be very cold in the desert <laughs> and like, no one's going to want to sleep outside, but well, with, all right. So here's the thing about that though. Uh, and, and I'll say this to all of my, uh, melonly challenged friends, um, <laughs> white people don't care <laughs> whether it's cold or not. Listen, we feel cold differently than they feel cold. Coachella is not a, you know, large event where I feel like I'm going to go, um, even though there are a lot of performers that I do want to see. But at the end of the day, white people don't care. I mean, yeah. it just is what it is, you know? And I think in terms of, you know, in terms of WrestleMania and how that's going and all this other sporting events, we've seen a lot of various other things. All these shows are moving and shifting and all these other stuff. Um, places are being quarantined. People are being quarantined. Cases are you know, popping up in New York City like it's no one's business. It's like an average of like another 10 every damn day. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a, definitely a cause for concern. All we can say is pretty much that's why, you know, said at the beginning of the, the broadcast, yo, everybody wash your hands. I mean, well, doing what you can. Well, another issue with that is that the Raymond James Stadium, um, you know, where they sold all these tickets to, they can't push this show to the fall because of college football, because of the NFL. Like they realistically have to do like Vince is not going to let a WrestleMania. No, he would rather no one show up at WrestleMania than cancel WrestleMania. Exactly. Listen, if we got the bottom bowl, um, we'll just, you know, top off the top and (laughs) that's that's essentially what they're going to do. I mean, they're still, all the fireworks are still going to go off. Yep. All the smoke and mirrors and all this other stuff are still going to go off. WrestleMania, there's no way, unless Donald Trump himself, known sworn enemy of Vincent Kennedy McMahon, says something about it. I don't see anything happening. No, not at all. 
Uh, so, so if you hear anything in the background of my thing, they're doing construction outside. Just well, 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 Roman is literally smelling the floor. So, well, <laughs> gotta smell something, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but that we'll, we'll keep you guys updated as usual. Well, with the happenings, I feel like if WrestleMania does get canceled, we probably we pretty much have to pull an emergency pod. I, I think that's just something that's big enough where we have to really just like report on that. So, uh, we'll keep you posted. On that, of course, on the A show. Um, another thing I want to talk about before we talk about Elimination Chamber, um, I put a, I, I put this in our, our notes. I don't know if you got to, got to read an article from uh, the homie Caleb Caitlin, uh, Catlin. Didn't get to read it. Um, didn't get to read it. However, one thing that I noticed: um, apparently, Medium charges people to read stuff now. News. To yes. Me. Um, yes. They got to get the bread. Not, yeah, have not written on Medium in quite some time, but um, I only have two free stories left this month. <laughs> you want to save it? Shout out to, I mean, no. I mean, Caleb is just going to. Caleb is one of the three that I have for March, apparently. So I'm okay. going to read this. But give me the gist of what our friend Caleb C- Catlin is writing. I mean, essentially, um, you know, it is about the the problem with wrestling fans, and that's literally the title of the of the article. And this is literally, you know, moments after or hours after the Shanna Baszler thing on Sunday, where you know. And we'll talk about Elimination Chamber, but the, the biggest thing that comes out of that is not of the show or of any of the matches. It's that, you know, wrestling fans just can't seem to get over the fact that Shayna Baszler was not booked 50-50 um, with a lot of the, the, the women in that match. And this, the, the issues with, you know, really how modern wrestling booking is where, you know, we're, we're kind of conditioned to think that 50-50 is normal so that when, you know, we do get a monster that's booked like Shayna was on Sunday – it's literally we go into panic mode, right? So, um, this deals with with that type of thing, and I and I wanted to shout that article out. Um, I, I think I might put a link in the description to, to the article because it, it you know it is indicative of a, of a lot of the issues with, I think with like social media and and fan responses, and it's like you know the the, the smallest voices now are the loudest voices, where mm-hmm. these types of things you know they don't really affect booking all that often, but it's almost like we don't really know you know, we don't know what we want anymore because when they try and give a uh, act one of what the Shayna story is, this is literally act one. Right. And when we're generally the first thing that's happened. Exactly. And now that we're, we're writing off the whole story because she destroyed Liv Morgan in the match and Liv isn't, Liv isn't going to WrestleMania in the title match. You know, it's just not going to happen. And I feel like it was, right. this is the same issue with Bianca Belair last month. And Whereas, like, you know, feel how you will about Charlotte and about Rhea Ripley. The story that they're telling was in Act 1, and Bianca was a part of that act. And now we're in Act 2 with that story now. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I, love, I, I love reading the article. I thought it was really great. And I think that it, it is an issue that going into WrestleMania, we're going to be seeing a lot of that. Like, we're going to come out of WrestleMania, we're going to be like, hey, a lot of people were, you know that we love aren't being booked the right way. And I think that, you know, they use the word like the right way, the same way they use with Sasha Banks's title reigns. It's like, we want her to have a proper title reign. And it's like, what is a proper title reign in this generation? Right. Well, I think just in general, the, in terms of the problem with wrestling fans, I think, I think more of the problem is, and I think it's a situation that they don't even realize that they're kind of conditioned in a certain way. And it comes from years of kind of like how pro wrestling has been laid out, especially during the Attitude Era and the 2000s and the Ruthless Aggression and all the other stuff. But I think wrestling fans don't quite actually know that they're actually conditioned in a certain way. So when something comes out that's out of left side, um, they react accordingly. And some of it's really, really good and some of it's really, really bad. But they're kind of conditioned to the fact that, oh, you have this star who knows how to wrestle, who knows how to talk. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is no way that they deserve to be beaten in the certain way that they've been beaten. But realistically though, these are for, these are creating completely new stories. And we have someone at the helm on Paul Heyman, who is someone who's always, you know, prided himself on, you know, not really going the conventional route with a lot of things. And you can kind of see, I mean, we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw. We're going to talk about Elimination Chamber. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of other things. But he doesn't really pride himself on the conventional thing. And I think wrestling fans are conditioned in a certain way. And when it doesn't really meet their expectations, they kind of like go left with it. And I think they're extremely left. (laughs) And I think they really, um, 
especially with an alternative now who seems to be kind of like any alternative, to be honest with you, would would attract some fans. We've seen that with TNA in the past. We've seen it with, um, you know, AEW currently, WCW, if you wanted that alternative. But in terms of just like the alternative is using people the opposite way that WWE does. And it always produces kind of a result that's favorable because it's relatively new. And but with WWE, I just think I don't know. I think fans should fans should just watch how this kind of plays out more than you know showing it's hard. It, it, it it's is, hard I, for them to. And, and I and I get that it's hard because you kind of everything is like kind of like watching a movie, right? And you kind of want the satisfying ending at the end of every movie, but you don't, they don't really quite realize that this is part one of this kind of sequencing thing that's continuing to go on. And it's actually a long-term story as opposed to the short-term story that we're kind of doing. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to read Caleb's article as soon as I guess we finish this up. I saw that it was shared quite, you know, that's all that I saw is that it was shared a lot. Yeah, um, <laughs> a lot of love. A lot of love for you, Kayla. We love you. Um, and he says, ultimately, my point is that Shayna should win in dominant fashion. The storyline that made, that made that necessary in building a big match. Same thing with Brock Lesnar versus Ricochet. Super Showdown, sure. I would have liked to see a little bit back and forth between Brock and Ricochet, but I get why they ultimately cho- had Brock steamroll him. They're building towards a main event with Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship and making both wrestlers seem like a viable option to creates interest in the match getting mm-hmm. mad at management doing their job and making people look like the superstars is absurd and pathetic in order to build new stars and create all-time greats you have to book these acts accordingly or no one benefits at the end of the day daniel bryan put it best a lot of these fans are fickle and i just you know i randomly just picked a paragraph out of it so this seems really really good <laughs> yeah it's, it's a great it's a great it's a great post um and, he, and he's absolutely correct i mean you see this literally all the time where it's like when it's not something someone that you want to win right and it's even something is like is like you know it's futile is arguing the ricochet thing days later we knew this was going to happen and it's and it's also the same thing with like remember when people were getting mad that matt riddle wasn't going against brock this year or going against goldberg it's like that's not the story that they're telling and whether you like it or not you know in a way that's not that doesn't matter to them. You know, like at the end of the day, that's not the story that they're telling. The Matt Riddle thing will come. The Liv Morgan thing will come or, or nah, who, who, what, what do people even want out of the Elimination right. Chamber match? Who do they you want? know, it's, it's weird because if you start booking from the fans perspective, there's so many different swaying opinions. It's like, where do you actually go? Right. And to be honest with you, the best quality stuff and that comes with um, that comes with. Anything with artistic, I mean, art, music, um, sports, anything is not necessarily giving you, you know, giving you exactly what you ask for, but it's giving you what you need and what you, you know, ultimately what you want, which is what they're going to get at the end. But it's ultimately giving you what you need and you kind of interpreting that for your kind of self, Um as opposed to saying like, oh, we're just going to do, it's super predictable if they decide to give Ricochet and Brock Lesnar 25 minutes, they go back and forth. But that doesn't do any favors for Brock Lesnar, who has a WWE championship match legitimately a month after. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's about giving you what you need. It's, it's, I say that with music all the time. Like it, some people color in between the lines and some people color outside the lines and really redefined kind of what you see wrestling is. And that's kind of what I, you know, or music or anything rather. Um, and that's kind of what I see happening in WWE right now. I mean, yeah. we have all these WrestleMania main events. I never thought I'd actually see Charlotte versus Rhea, Drew versus Brock. Um, Cena versus Fiend, all these other things I've never expected I see, but I'm interested. I'm interested because this is something, it isn't by the books. It's something new, it's something fresh, and I think that's what WWE is going for in this WrestleMania. Let's get to Elimination Chamber, our recap for that show. I thought it was a good show. I thought it was a really good show. You know, mid-card mania over here. (laughs) Oh my god. They were not, it was not all mid-card. It was all mid-card. Let me tell you how much mid-card there was. There was no, none of the aforementioned matches that were announced for WrestleMania where any of those acts are featured on this card. Um, But you You gotta keep it fresh, baby. 
that um, I'm saying, you know, because this is a this is the second pay per view in about like what two weeks, um, yeah. if you count in AEW, third and three weeks. Um, if we're counting NXT, it's probably third and four weeks, or so fourth and fourth weeks, or something along those lines. But um, it was a good show, man. Like I really enjoyed kind of the different um, the different things that were given to us. A lot of the stars got a lot of shine. We got a couple, you know, big matches. To me, I mean, what was your favorite match of the night? Uh, my match, <clears throat> my match of the night would probably be the tag chamber. I thought I that know, was. I don't think anyone saw that coming either. No, not at all. We, I don't even think. Did we even like predict that at all? Like, I, I think that I we mean, were just yes, kind of like. Of course, I always pick Miz, but you know. No, I mean, like, predict that it was going to be this good. I, I thought no, the addition no. of the, I thought the addition of Lucha House Party was was a was a great addition to that to that match. And I think it without them, it wouldn't have been the match that it was. And I'm glad that they got to stay in for so long. I think at one point I was like, "There's too many people in the in this match," and then I was like, "Oh, I see why. <laughs> I see right. why there's all those people." I think you know we took them for sort of granted. I mean, how many times have we seen New Day versus the Usos? How many times right. in the last month have we seen the New Day versus Miz and Morrison or the Usos versus Miz and Morrison? But I think in this sort of realm, we took all of them for granted because it was like, okay, it's a hodgepodge. Let's throw all the SmackDown teams together. We've seen this before. We, in fact, we saw it two days before. Yeah, <laughs> in a gauntlet match. <laughs> yeah, so I think we all took it for granted. But I mean, a lucha, you know. Lucha House Party really showed out, and I think it's going to open an opportunity for them on SmackDown. And then even as fans looking and seeing Lucha, it's like, damn, Lince, what's his name? Lince Dorado. Lince Dorado, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, aren't you Grand Metal League? Yeah, you're Grand Metal League Hive, huh? Oh, yeah, Big Metal League Hive. I always knew he had this in him from the Cruiserweight Classic. Um, so I'm, I'm very big on that. But you get these opportunities to show off these stars. And I'm not mad at it if, if, if Elimination Chamber every year is kind of like this type of event where um, the big guys sit out because naturally you don't want anyone getting injured before Mania. And you have these guys who may need to set up their place, set up their kind of standing before WrestleMania, do all the work. Um I really enjoyed uh, Drew Gulak and, and Daniel Bryan. Also, I thought that that was just I, I a nice flavor of match. Yeah, and I was very afraid, and as you should be for Daniel Bryan, he was he was getting rocked in this match, and I was just like, I I did not expect Drew Gulak to get that much offense in that match at all, and and he ended up like really carrying about eighty percent of the match. I thought it was really spectacular. I agree. I mean, Drew Gulak, Daniel Bryan, I didn't know what to, I mean, I, I, that's the one where I knew what to expect. But even still, like them kind of telling the story of this, like Drew Gulak kind of knowing Daniel Bryan's weaknesses and brutalizing him and Daniel Bryan kind of having to honestly pull a John Cena in a sense, the kind of like come from behind wind. It's like, I wouldn't say like a five moves of doom, but he... He really decided. Oh, it's time to put this guy away. He's really like, <laughs> he had to outsmart him, giving it to me. Yeah, so he, you know, he manages to lock in the yes block and manages to, you know, put him out of commission. But you get the stance now. You see Drew Gulak, and it's like, okay, his standing's a little bit different. Maybe he's got something. Yeah. Um, another major surprise to me, Sami Zayn. Oh yeah, um, hell yeah! I I think the whole. That shaped the entire pay-per-view when he won. <laughs> when he won the IC yeah. title. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think in terms of telling a story, it's a great part of the story. And this is probably what fans wanted anyway, so it didn't really even matter. But I think it's a well, great Well, we're, we're also we, – we talked about conditioning earlier. And we said that fans are conditioned to a certain thing. Are we not conditioned to believe that in these types of handicap matches that the that the person that is is at a disadvantage always wins, right? Oh yeah, Big Braun, yeah, come from and, under, and he ended up losing to that really spectacular uh, suplex haluva kick uh, deal, which I yeah. it, they should put that in the next two K game. It's a fire ass it uh, finisher. It legitimizes their group and everything that they've been going for. And yes, Nakamura had the IC title before, but. They've never really put it down on Strowman before, and Strowman was the one who asked for this match. So this is all Strowman's cross to bear. This is all his sort of wrongdoing, but eventually he's going to catch Sami Zayn, and that's kind of what we're looking for in this entire counter. So I want you know, 
props to Sami Zayn winning his first championship on the main roster since debuting what four years four ago? years ago yeah four years ago yeah so you know shout out to him there's a lot of there's a lot of legs with this too like and not, and not just giving it back to Braun just having these guys and I, and I think I even optioned it or even said it like if they had if they had the title on like a, a a free bird rule where they all trade the title around like mm-hmm. that's a really cool concept as well like there's a lot of ways you can go here. You you protect Nakamura also. Yeah, yeah. I think it's within the realm of that group as well. Considering they they don't fight fair, they fight the scummiest kind of way that they do. So for them to shift it out and be like, "Oh, Sammy's defending it tonight. Uh, you're not gonna get Sammy today. You're gonna get Cesaro," and you know, work against that. So I think it's I think it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I um what'd you feel about Alistair Black and AJ Styles? There there was a big conversation that people are ready to have. I think you kind of agree with me here. Uh I think the conversation is and 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 to be clear, like I didn't want people to turn on Al I saw a small contingent of people turning on Alistair for this match. And mm-hmm. when you think about it, AJ controls a large part of any match that he has. Yeah. Whereas, you know, Alistair was a, again and I, and I think it's so crazy, like, the people were ever scared that AJ would ever, like, get to the status where he was literally the smallest guy in the, in the ring pounding on another guy and got to control the match half the time. But that's mm-hmm. exactly what he did in this match. And I, and it was very – I mean, he's the yeah. he's pro. He's a veteran, like. And he's the he's the he was methodical in it. It was a long match. It went around twenty three minutes. And you know, is if you're trying to compare this to Alistair Black and Alistair and, and Adam Cole's match in Philadelphia, this was not it. Like this was very different than that match. But uh, it, it had a lot of bells and whistles. And I think that people are just now somehow starting to realize that AJ Styles might not be the same guy that he was when he first got here. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. AJ Styles is still good, but it's clear that it's like. From the series of matches that we watch over the last number of years, and I can remember us harkening back to WrestleMania a couple of years back and being disappointed in that AJ Styles Nakamura um, face off, and then being again disappointed with AJ Styles versus KO, and then again being disappointed with AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe, and being again being, and you know, it may be just kind of his style changing because of his age and oh he's not doing he's not doing springboard 450s anymore (laughs) he's He's not doing that type of stuff i think the pace has definitely slowed down in order to continue to preserve his own thing so he could keep wrestling for i mean this in the what year two of this contract that he's currently still in um so it it is still the first i think it's still the first year i think it's still the first year well you know god bless but i think I mean, this all built up to the moment. And when Undertaker showed up, I can't remember a crowd jolting. Like, they jolted like it was Stone Cold in 1999. Like, <laughs> the gong. And I yeah, was watching it. definitely woke them up. It, it was weird because I was watching this all after the fact on Watch Along. And it's weird watching Watch Along when you're not actually watching along the show. So, <laughs> I would actually skip to certain parts that I knew was happening. And I skipped to the elimination chamber part and people went up for the group in there, went up for the, you know, the big super, the, the shooting star press um, and Undertaker as well. I mean, Zelina was there watching her man do her own thing. Her eyes widened up just as everybody else's did. And she had a huge, big ass smile when Undertaker <laughs> came out and she knew that her man was about to win. Um, well, I, even then I thought, you know, and I gotta give I gotta give Paul and whoever booked this match, produced it, whatever, a lot of credit. I thought there were a lot of ways you could have went with Undertaker's appearance here. You could have did it after the match. You could have you could have just not even finished the match. They I I still at one point thought AJ was gonna win because like for the past year and some change, AJ has been literally beating the hell out of the new guys and then them never getting their wins back. You know, so like the fact that Alistair did win this was still a big moment for me. Like I was like, Oh, I, I, I didn't believe that they were going to let Alistair win. I was kind of, I was bullish on it up until the moment that it happened. But what really everyone wants to talk about essentially is uh, the women's el- elimination chamber. I know we brought it up. We kind of danced around it uh, a couple of seconds ago when we talked about Caleb's article, but Shanna Baszler, this has to be like the shortest elimination chamber ever. And they tried to make it even longer by having her like literally like she would, she would, tap someone out and then stand in the ring for five minutes. <laughs> but like, if you just, if you condense all the match time, 
this was probably the shortest elimination chamber of all time, right? Well, but thankfully, because <laughs> I don't like elimination chamber matches. So the the quicker they could get over with, the better to me, because I didn't really like it. Um, People were like more like surprised <clears throat> in a lot of ways or more, more more like shocked that they even went through this. So like just to set up and, and describe the match, uh, the essentially Shane is in the, in, in her uh, chamber, Sarah Logan, Ruby Riot going at it. But even before we even get to, to live more, I'm sorry, Natty, Sarah, more Sarah, uh, Sarah Logan and Ruby Riot going at it. And then essentially Shana comes out. Shane is out of her pod. She chokes out, uh, I think Natty goes first. Then she chokes out Ruby. Then she chokes out Sarah Logan. She's in the ring by herself. Uh, and, and then essentially Liv Morgan comes out. She beats on Liv for a second. Then Asuka comes out. And of course, they protect Asuka a little bit the, the, by giving her the the, uh, the wrist injury that they had on, on last Monday's Raw. And I, and I think that this was a very clever way to protect her. I always felt something was up with that that wrist injury. It came out of literally no, like nowhere. And even on her Kana-chan episodes, like there's no like wrist injury. But uh, she comes out of, of that and, and she gets at least two minutes against Shayna and then Shayna chokes her out and then and then Shayna wins. Like that is essentially the crux of that match. And, you know, a lot of people were upset, but I think when you put it in perspective, there was a, there's a lot riding on the Shayna program, especially for Becky, who has held this title for an, a whole year. I think that when you when you. Uh, think about the the stakes of, of what's going on with the Becky storyline. I, I know a lot of us wanted Ronda. A lot of us wanted that rematch. It's just not going to happen this year. And with the Shayna thing, after the bite angle, I feel like a lot of people felt as though like this really wasn't connecting. I think this did a lot to save this program in my eyes, where you gave, you gave Becky that challenger that, okay, she's a threat. In a lot more ways than the biting angle did, I, I feel like you could have just you could have started it with this. You could have just hyped Shayna to this match, had her do that, and not done the bite angle at all. Because I feel as though this was a lot stronger than that. But essentially, you have a really strong challenger here that's like to me Brock level in a way that that Ronda wasn't. Like Ronda at least had a, a level of humanity going into in, into WrestleMania with her stardom, uh, her her you know her career and everything like that. Like Shayna is literally an outlier. We had no clue that she was capable of doing this. And she's booked being booked like in a way, the same way as her NXT counterpart, but even better. Cause it shows like she got to the main roster and these, these chicks are, are they're nothing to her. They're like, they're, they're no match for her. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's a, uh, it was super, I don't know. It was some anime. It was some anime shit. She was all might in there. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. All right. <laughs> um, but either way, I think, you know, this was something that I predicted. This was something that sort of happened. And I think it was probably the best way to go about it. I mean, Shane and Baszler made history in their own right. I think all women deserve to make kind of history in their own right. And especially the ones from NXT have been for the last number of years. And Shane is completely no different. And if we have to continue to continue to move forward in terms of the era that we're in with the women's division, shifting from the four horsewomen to a new set, a new crop of women. I mean, this is kind of the opportunity it is. Um, mm-hmm. and, and this is what it's going to have to be. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I, again, this wasn't the best elimination chamber match. We're no, no one's saying this, but there's nothing wrong with this. These matches having some semblance of story where we don't have to go through the tried and true her going 50 50 with everyone and then you know eking out a win just to prove how tough the elimination chamber is no she defeated the elimination chamber she should go on to win we knew it it was going to happen and i think that it was it was just it was a statement victory and i and i like the way that they they kind of wrapped everything up uh throughout this story and and you know i think you have a more interesting main event or you know for becky here and I think that the story that they're pulling here with Becky being overconfident and Becky still being overconfident about this, this match is going to be something to, to look into uh, as we go into WrestleMania in the next three weeks. Uh, let's get into do, do we have an update for Mark Madness before we get into our, our mini moment? Yes. Um, so we started Mark Madness last week. We started the first round last week. First round actually ended last week. And yes, the second round ended <laughs> at some point, though. We have... Um, because God knows I don't want to drag this, you know, I don't want to drag Mark Madness for way too long. I love sort of the responses and the feedback that we're getting and all these other things. Um, 
we have gone to the second round in terms of the results of the second round. I mean, we knew the second round would be a doozy just from kind of the standings of all of it. Um, the first round was a doozy. Um, but the second round, I mean, Becky Lynch, 65% to Bailey's 35%. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> um, he did what he could. Um, Oscar beat Charlotte 72%. To Charlotte. Oh, oh, Oscar fan. I mean, big Oscar <laughs> fan. Um, Alexa Bliss, 72% to Nikki Cross. Uh, beats Nikki Cross. Sasha Banks, 80%. Naomi, 20%. Jesus Christ. Um, Rhea Ripley, 60%. Roughly around 60%. Shayna Bay is around 40%. So Rhea Ripley is going to advance. Bianca Belair, overwhelming over Kaylee Ray. I don't think anyone is surprised. Um, Io Shirai overwhelming over Tony Storm, 75 to 25. Um, and Candice LeRae, once again, overwhelming over Mia Yim. What um, the hell? Is Candice LeRae like the sleeper pick? <laughs> Should I be voting? She might have stands. I mean, she might have stands. People, she might be a sleeper pick. I mean, we have the third round, which is going to start as this podcast is released on 11 a.m., um on wednesday so that'll start it'll be becky lynch versus oscar in the oh quarterfinals it'll be alexa bliss versus sasha banks Oof. <laughs> in the quarterfinals um ray ripley versus bianca belair quarterfinals and io shirai versus candace LeRae. so oh is, is, this um, is this is very storyline intense right here oh, yeah. yeah i mean we're gonna name the queen of the ring right here so mark madness is going to continue to go on um i think by the time you hit next week we'll definitely be at the finals um and we'll determine what goes from there but keep voting rnc radio live fall on twitter uh, really quick, my mania moment for this week. Uh, since we're nearing 316 day, which uh, Stone Cold will be on Raw next week, uh, we of course we'll, this will be after. Like so I want to figure it out meme culture. Oh god! <laughs> well, all those followers on you on Instagram can't be wrong. Um, I want to talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin's coronation at WrestleMania uh, 14. Uh, really big moment. I remember ordering this pay per view when I was a child, or my parents ordering the pay per view when I was a child and seeing this in person and being allowed to stay up and watch this was a very seminal moment in my childhood seeing Stone Cold win the title finally uh, over Shawn Michaels. Um, just, I, I just picked this moment this week because I, I, re, I did rewatch the match and I think it is hilarious how Shawn Michaels was giving Austin nothing <laughs> during this match. But uh, I, I thought that it was, you know, again, not the greatest match, but as far as just stamping a new generation, this was it. Um, I, I think that, you know, we don't really get many moments like this. I think the last time we got this was maybe uh, Batista winning, of course. Um, I think of this generation, I would have to say probably Daniel Bryan, right? That, w- that would kind of be like a Stone Cold moment. Daniel Bryan, yeah, definitely. I would say Daniel Bryan. Um, maybe Seth Rollins with another one. Seth Rollins-ish. Eh, ish. Um, <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, you know, Roman's never gotten that kind of well no he did face triple h that was a, that was a main event age. yeah, yeah that was, to me that was by the time we were all checked out we were like yeah okay, all right let's see what you guys <laughs> what, you guys would, really did all of that for this would him beating goldberg kind of be that moment or is like roman kind of nah. roman roman's kind of cat a corner or in the middle of a generation here i feel like he's never and i might get a lot of flack for this he's never really run a generation right like like stone cold has like john cena has like even daniel bryan has in a lot of people's minds like he hasn't run a whole generation do you think no i mean i think he's the leader of this current generation if you ask him who's the who's the guy that they kind of lean on and who represents this kind of arc i think it would be him between roman and becky but i think you know just in general it, it it's hard because this moment was such a kind of critical and pivotal and it's a culture shift and i don't think we've had one of those in quite some time i did probably the most recent one would probably once again be the daniel bryan moment but i don't think that we had one that shifted the culture so crazy and like god damn you know that they yeah. show in the, all the packages the, by god the attitude era has begun like, i don't think we you know, seen that since the level of Daniel Bryan kind of going over and kind of ushering the change of like where WWE was before and kind of like where it's at now. Yeah. So, you know, I think the Stone Cold Mania 14, I didn't get experience it live. I've honestly, legitimately, since I started wrestling shortly after that pay-per-view and I've only kind of real. Um, How old were you? Through, I was 
five? No. WrestleMania <laughs> 14, 16, 1998. I legitimately started after that. Like, I started in 1998 watching, but it was after WrestleMania. Okay. Um, so, but I've only really kind of lived through that moment in backstage packages and, you know, all, all the stuff that WWE does to hawk the Austin era and stuff like that. The Tyson, the Tyson thing was a big thing, too. Yeah, 100%. Like, Mike Tyson... That was huge. I mean, they, they if you ask the ruthless aggression thing, they or the what was the Monday Night Wars thing. That was the moment that changed the attitude era forever. And blah, blah, blah. which is cap, uh, which is cap. <laughs> yeah, but it is what it is. Did you get to watch ruthless aggression this week? By the way, uh, I have not caught it. I'm going to catch it after we after we watch or it's not nice. after we. Watch. It's good. Yeah, it's nice. This is this is the last this is the last episode before season two, right? Um. No. Well. I guess so, yeah, because they had a, like a long package of like what's to come all after the fact, like blah blah blah. So maybe it's that I wasn't actually paying attention. But <laughs> this episode was about the battle of the brands between SmackDown and Raw, and all this fake brand supremacy that they were kind of you know hawking that oh you know SmackDown's live attendance and SmackDown beat Raw in the ratings and all this other stuff like that. You know all the all the stuff it's 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 nice it's nice seeing them you know give attention to those like Eddie Guerrero and Edge and JBL and all these other things like that so it was nice all right I'll, I'll check it out after this uh really quick let's go through raw shout out to JBL also in the hall of fame oh by the oh, way oh crap we read about that also JBL had a pretty cool um uh pretty cool moment on backstage last week i really enjoyed it he, he, him him and mark henry I, I i think i've enjoyed the John past Cena saying those words to him and stuff oh like man i almost cried yeah. i know he uh, did too i think the last three weeks of backstage has been like really some of the best stuff that they've done i thought the black history month thing that booker and mark henry did uh and, the, and even the keith lee thing they did i think the week before that or he was on the show I thought very, very strong. And I know a lot of people like don't watch the show or whatever, like catch, catch it on their channel, catch those interviews, catch those segments. I thought that uh, Booker and Mark talking about being black wrestlers was a moment that you just seldom really ever get in these types of shows and these in, in this company really. So uh, definitely take a time and, uh, and check that out if you can. Uh, Raw, really good show. I thought I, other than the main event, which we've seen a hundred thousand times at this point. Um, yeah. I didn't even watch it to be honest with yeah, I, I I skip right to the end. Um, Edge does return on the show. Uh, not not a, not a big promo here, and not even a, a a confirmation of their match at WrestleMania. We know it's going to happen. Is it going to be no DQ? It seems to be trending towards that way that it's going to be some type of uh, some type of no DQ, no false count anywhere match. Uh, he's, People were he's, mad they announced Edge before the show. <laughs> they need ratings. What? Why would they not? <laughs> Like, like that's that's so weird. I I think I caught uh I I, I think I caught uh Meltzer or De- or Brian Alvarez saying that they wish that there were surprises and I was like, we just don't live in that era anymore. People are just you have to give them a reason to watch. And um, also get surprises from time to time. But then you know what? You also gotta pay bills from time to time. So guess what? Edge is showing up and you you're figuring it out on Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> uh he sent MVP to God. I I I think that it is kind of funny that MVP does come out to get sent to God by all the new guys. And he kind of, he's retaining his same character that he did back in the day uh, where he would, he would talk a lot of shit and then get beat up subsequently. Um, I do think there needs to be a direction. I think he'd be a tremendous manager to someone like Ricochet or, or even Cedric Alexander or someone like that. Like, I think that if you want to keep these guys on the show and they can't cut promos, they need a manager, and and I don't know why WWE is so adverse to having the, giving some of these guys that needed a manager. But I think that it would go a long way. Like even Umberto, I think needs a manager. Like he, there is a lot of things, you know, where he doesn't shine. Where Angel Garza, I think Angel Garza would be fine without Zelina, to be honest yeah. with you, because he just exudes charisma. And some of these guys have been brought in. To, to me, the fact that Angel Garza has been brought in with Zelina does a lot for his stock. Yeah, for sure, because it, it's a it's championship pedigree there. Like that, that is someone who immediately puts him to that next level. And I thought he had a great match with Rey Mysterio. I don't know. A lot of people are rumoring that just because he lost, he might be going to NXT. I don't think there's a place for him on NXT right now. <laughs> mm, no, no, NXT's filled up. NXT's yeah. <laughs> NXT got they, way they good people. They good. Yeah, they good. He don't need to go back. I don't know what he would do unless unless he is essentially going to uh go for the title which i don't think is going to happen um 
but yeah, I thought the Edge segment was very, very good. Um, not, you know, he gave our Randy a, a RKO. I thought was really, really funny because oh, the way he did it. <laughs> that was not an RKO. That was, was Cutter. That was that was Cutter two on two K. Yeah. Easily, easily. Um, we got an Alistair Black and Seth Rollins altercation. I, I think that we, we both even said this. Like, there's not too long that he can circle the drain without actually going after the, the, the main event guys. And um, he, he, we did get a glimpse of that, if, if only for about five or six minutes on, on Raw here. Um, but that did lead to the main event. Uh, of course, Alistair didn't lose. That I gotta say, the dedication they have to protecting this guy, I have to commend them. They are showing a lot of restraint. Whereas with a lot of other people, they would have given up already. Yeah, I think it's he's definitely a long-term plan going into, you know, the next era, the post-mania sort of aspect of Raw. And Paul Heyman is very dedicated into building kind of the new crop of stars, and he's definitely one of them. Um, I'm interested in what they do for Mania. It kind of looks like they might go with, like, a maybe a six-man tag or something. Like, yeah, you know? or even – well, I, I, I don't – if they're going to go that route, I'd pit Alistair with the Street Profits or something because I feel like KO and Seth is definitely the direction as far as the singles match for Raw. I was thinking Alistair and um, War Raiders, oh. Buddy and AOP. That's what that, I was kind of thinking. That would work. Do the, yeah, and then do tag team championships with somebody else or something along those lines. That um, would work. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Um, I think that... Uh, it was it was a good segment. I thought that Alistair again not having to do the same promo, but actually having Seth interrupt was actually pretty fun too. Um, and then having the storyline convergence where Buddy Tell told Seth, you know, Alistair is really good. You should try it. I, I just thought it again really good writing. I think that again, like you said, Alistair is being figured into the into the big larger scheme of things as kind of the most wanted guy after Mania, and I think that this is this is going to be uh, really interesting going forward. Uh, AJ Styles puts down the gauntlet for the Undertaker match at Mania. It Ooh, is going to happen. Up. <laughs> oh, disrespected this man. He said, hey, if y'all don't know, this man's name is Mark Calloway. <laughs> <laughs> and he married to Michelle McCool. You remember her? Why, why, why you say her name so much? He <laughs> must hate her. <laughs> oh, I, don't what Heyman, hey, I don't know what Heyman told him to say, but in terms of that whole Half the promo was about Michelle McCool. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was like, "Yo, you do what we, you do whatever she say." I was like, yeah, "Yo, yeah. he sounded like Future on that Beats One interview when he was talking about Sierra and Russell Wilson, and he was like, he do whatever she say." And I was like, "Wow, oh that, AJ is on his Future tip right now." I got it. Uh, you want? Me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that was fire. On his Future tip, he is. He disrespecting the women. So, I, and and again, like. I one thing I I, I want to like say is that like again AJ's loss didn't hurt him at all you know like no. I think that it's it's not harmful to him to lose which is interesting why like they have him beat so many people because AJ can still lose and and keep his momentum because he can still be hated or he can still be loved but uh, it was a really good promo from him I think that you know a lot of people do have problems and I and I and I get it where you know Undertaker has outsmarted him twice and even beaten him once. Why do we want the match? And I think that the way that they're doing this is to make it personal. And I think it's a, it's a good way to go. I think the last time that Taker had a personal match like this is when CM Punk was going at uh, Paul Bearer back in WrestleMania uh, 27. So, yeah. no, again, 29. it was 29. Sorry, you're right, 29. Um, but, it, yeah, again, like I, I thought it was really good. We're going to have a contract signing between The Undertaker and AJ Styles. Hopefully no one gets stabbed with a pin again. So <laughs> That is uh... – Undertaker's what is it, Modi Operandi? Yeah, Modus Operandi, stabbing you with a pen. <laughs> there you go. That that's just it. Uh, and lastly, on Raw, I think that another big thing. I don't I don't know if there's anything you want to talk about, but uh, Becky's promo on Shayna was was actually very very good. Uh, you set up the you set up Becky establishing that Shayna is a threat, and also establishing the fact that you know she is still the one that runs the division. I think again, they're they're leaning into the overconfidence angle. I would not mind, and I'm just putting this pie in the sky here. I wouldn't mind Shayna beating Becky in under five minutes. I think that's how you humble her. Yeah, I think so as well. I mean, she's gonna come out and like do her little like, you know, I didn't, I didn't see it coming, but guess what? Now I'm mad. Like she's obviously gonna do that, but I think it would. I think in that sort of thing, and you know, we've wanted these sort of situations from WrestleMania and kind of just do it in the correct a lot of time. And sometimes they go long, sometimes they don't. We'll see what happens. But, you know, definitely the humbling, it seems like it's coming for Becky because she seems to be talking a lot louder than, you know, 
she's she stopped everyone in the division and maybe her head is getting too big and maybe she needs to get back to kind of where she was at before everything went right for her. Yeah. Uh and, and again, I mean, I don't think Becky Shayna is over after Mania. I think they at least go into extreme rules with this and there's probably gonna be some type of uh uh gimmick match going into it as well. So uh yeah, I, I again they're doing they've got me more narratively hooked than I was a week ago on this program and, and I want to see it happen. So we'll see how they continue to build this. And uh that was raw. Of course SmackDown was a go home show. We don't we don't review the go home shows of SmackDown. But I think the the biggest thing here was that Otis is a star and that uh this week on SmackDown we have we get we get Paige returning and Jeff Hardy. So that would be something really interesting to talk about as well. That'd be fire. Um yeah anything else anything else you want to bring up? Drew McIntyre killed a spider. Uh, that was fun. You might as well just fire Eric Rowan. Eric Rowan, you know, you killed this whole gimmick. <laughs> I thought it was gonna have goo all over the place, but yes, it <laughs> seems like uh, closer to that actually happening. I, I would have enjoyed the goo too, but I would have made it way too cartoonish. <laughs> and I yeah. think I would have hated it. Splat. <laughs> Oh my god. I feel you. I would have hated that. I think it would have been too cartoonish, especially when you're establishing Drew as kind of like not as silly as Eric Rowan's been. But what a what a past four weeks for him where he gets beaten twice by Alistair Black, one time he's injured, and then he's getting jobbed out to uh, Drew McIntyre. So I'm like, okay, I get what Heyman was doing. He's moving to the next phase. It's a mania season. We don't need the storyline clogging up all your time. And I appreciate right. that. Uh, uh and so true. Until next week, uh, we will be talking about, of course, the more of the builds of the road to WrestleMania. We'll have another Mania moment, and we'll be talking about the finals of Mark Madness uh, on next week's show. So until then, follow us at RNC Radio Live. Make sure you subscribe to our new channel uh, at the A-Show RNC. Uh, We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please subscribe to us. Leave us a rating and leave us some comments, man. Let us know what you want to hear, what you want to talk about, or you want us to talk about, uh, as always. So shout out to everybody listening, and until next week. It has been the A Show. I am Justin. That is Meals. And until next week, we'll talk to you uh, next time. Happy Rooster Day and wash your hands. Please wash them. Wash those hands. <laughs>